0: Hey, good morning or afternoon or evening. It is Thursday um, or whenever you're listening to this. It could be any day. The the miracle of the podcast world, right? But we are certainly glad that you are uh, joining us through our journey through Scripture. My name is Philip. I'm pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. And uh, we are continuing our our walk through the Bible. Uh, We're in Exodus today. We're going to go through Exodus chapter 16 through 18. Uh, So if you want to hit pause and want to go and read that, I'd encourage you to do that and then come back and join us. All right, so Exodus chapter 16, if you remember uh, on Tuesday, we talked about the crossing of the Red Sea uh, and and the the people uh, beginning their journey now uh, from crossing the Red Sea to Mount Sinai. Uh, And on the way, uh, one of the constant things that we see are obstacles, Right? We are going to see constant obstacles coming from the people. We've obviously already seen those obstacles before. We talked a little bit about it at the end of chapter fifteen, um, uh, as well. Uh, but there's there's difficulties that are going to arise, and it's it's important for us to remember. And I think there's a bigger picture here. Right? This is God. God's people that He has chosen to bring out of captivity and He's bringing them back to the promised land, yet they continue to encounter unpleasant situations, difficulties, some of their own choosing, and some just because that's just the nature of life. And I think that's an important thing that we can never uh, forget is that life is not easy. Life is not fair. Life has challenges. There is nothing that's going to change that. You can be walking in uh, God's perfect path for you, right? And you're still going to experience challenges and difficulties. We live in a world that is fallen, a world that is impacted by sin. And it is vital that we understand that. Um, not so that we get frustrated and become negative, but th- so that we understand that. God is not a god who promises to take away all of the obstacles, but he is a god who promises to help us overcome them. And that is a very different perspective because if you think that God is uh, that following God is going to lead to removing o- obstacles in your life, eventually you're going to give up on God because he never promises that. So you're always going to experience challenges and difficulties. So we th- see that, we see the the people uh, experiencing those difficulties and those challenges, uh, they uh, at the end of chapter 15 they had to drink water that was bitter, uh, and they didn't like that. So uh, you know, God God gave them uh, some uh, Splenda to sweeten up the water, and it made it made it taste a lot better. And uh, now they're continuing on, and they start to question, "Hey, what are we going to eat?" Which, granted, is a, <laughs> is, a is a is a reasonable uh, concern right at and, and again but they start grumbling against Moses and grumbling against God it says and then they pull this again you know there in chapter 16 verse 3 says if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted but you have brought us into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death man how dramatic! I mean, just over the top, right? And and it's like, okay, so you you you're looking back and you're forgetting how you were beaten and forced into hard labor because you got to sit around with pots of meat, right? Which probably wasn't even true, right? And, uh, and, but but it's so easy for us to get caught into that grumbling attitude, and so we just think. Everything is bad about our current situation, and all of a sudden things look rosy in our past. When we were actually going through it, they were frustrating too. Right, and and it's important for us to to recognize that. And uh, our tendency is to be just like the people, um, you know. And so they they are very frustrated. And uh, and God says this: he says in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So God is going to give them bread from heaven. But He's going to use it as a test. He's going to give them uh, instructions that they are only supposed to gather enough for that day. Uh, and then on the last day of the week, they are to gather enough for two days because they do not gather on the first day of the week. right? And, and uh, so the, the people uh, are given these instructions and and it's really fascinating. This is one of those things I would love to to be able to experience and wonder what this was like. But we talk about manna, manna from heaven, right? And so that was the the bread or the the wafer type uh, substance. We don't know exactly uh, what it is. In fact, the word manna means what is it? Which I I, I love that. I love thinking of you know the people uh, thinking about what are we going to call this? You know that. <laughs> It's, it's all of a sudden appearing as the dew on the the grass, and someone just says, "Well, what is it?" And so they just start calling it what is it <laughs> that's what what manna means and uh, they, so they have the manna from heaven and then they also have quail, uh, but it will spoil if they get if they gather too much. so if they go against what God has called them to do uh, it's going to spoil, which maybe there's a, a lesson. <laughs> lesson there that, that we can uh, learn, that God provides us all that we need, right? And, uh, and we, we can be content with what God has provided for us. And so, so God sends the manna, and each day uh, they have manna and quail, and they have that for the next 40 years, right? So, you know, whenever you have hamburgers or you have pizza for the fourth time in a week, Maybe realize you know you could have it for forty straight years, so let's be let's be uh be be thankful for the diversity of, of food that we have today so we uh we see again of course god uh is is overcoming these these challenges that that the people are uh are facing uh, chapter six, uh, 17 goes right into another frustrating time where the people don't have water uh, again remember they are Are crossing the desert. So you go from one place of water to the next and so it was taking them a while uh, to get to to water. Uh, So the uh, people are quarreling and they're grumbling and they're angry with Moses. Moses is scared that they're actually going to stone him Um, and and so God uh, calls Moses, says take the staff, remember the staff that you used to turn the Nile River into blood? Now I want you to use that same staff to strike the rock and the rock poured poured forth water and the people were, were able to drink. Um, and, and I, I want to, to bring out one uh, part of this chapter, uh, chapter 17 there verse 7. And it says, uh, And he called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Um, and so those words, Massah and Meribah mean to quarrel and to test, and and what's what's happening here is is we're seeing a slow maturing of the Israelite people, uh, and right now they're still at a pretty immature stage, um, where they they basically their view of God and their uh, understanding of God, belief in God, trust in God, is a is basically a what have you done for me lately uh, belief. It's, it's completely, uh, it's kind of like a child's relationship with their parents, right? That the, a child, especially early on, right? Really, their relationship with their parent is based on what what have you done for me? Have you provided for me? You know, as our, our children start to to get older, you know, they'll throw a fit when they don't get what they want, right? Because they they are viewing us as just... That being that's there to provide for them. So the people, that's kind of, they're in that process right now where that's what they view about God. And this is interesting because they have seen so many direct miracles from God. And yet, the moment they experience something that is unpleasant and they're not getting what they want, they immediately start arguing with God and putting God to the test. Hey, are you going to, are you going to uh, do something miraculous here? And there's a couple of thoughts I have about that. Uh, one, sometimes we get into the pattern uh, today of, of wishing that we would see more miracles. right? We, we think, man, if I could just see the parting of the Red Sea, or if, if I could just you know, see God uh, give manna from heaven... You know, how awesome that would be. And, and, you know, I would believe in God that much more, right? That's a, that's a dangerous way of thinking because it just it doesn't work out that way. That's not human nature. Uh, just experiencing miracles is not going to guarantee a belief and a trust in God. Um, and in fact, as we mature uh, in our faith in God, we shouldn't need to see miracles. Right? That's what faith is about, right? It's not faith if you're basing it only in miracles, right? Because a miracle is something that you you've seen, something tangible. Well, faith is something that is intangible. It's believing in something that you cannot see. Right? And and it's important for us to understand that and, and to allow our faith to mature to where we are not constantly arguing with God, putting God to the test, demanding miracles of God. Um, and the reality is, is there are so many miracles going on around us that we just take them for granted. Uh, the miracle of conception, the miracle of birth, the miracle of creation is happening all the time, right? And and we we take that for granted, and we we desire for there to be more. But even if we experience more, that doesn't always lead to a deeper faith. Um, in fact, if we handle that in an immature way, it actually leads us to having a more immature faith because we start viewing God as a, what have you done for me lately, God? Uh, and that is, that's a danger for all of us. So the people uh, are now uh, receive water again. Um, God has taken care of them again. Then we get to the end of chapter 17 uh, and we see that they are attacked by another group of people, the Amalekites. Uh, again, this is God's people. He's leading them out of uh, slavery, and yet they're still being attacked. But God delivers them again. This is kind of interesting. Moses, is, you kind of get this picture that Moses is up on the, the, the ridgeline, if you will, and down in the valley. The battle is raging, and as long as Moses' arms are raised, uh, the, the Israelite people are winning uh, and uh, as they fall down, uh, they, they begin losing. And so you have this picture of people holding up Moses' arms. But, and, and all of that uh, it, it clearly says that's what's going on. But, but what is that uh, pointing us towards? It's reminding us as long as we are looking to God, as we are looking to Him, that is how we engage the battles around us. That we keep our eyes focused on Him. The moment we start lowering our guard and trying to do it on our own, uh, the moment things can start going bad. And, uh, and I think that's so important for you as you go through and uh, face uncertainty in your life. Uh, always keep your eyes focused on Him, looking up to Him. Don't get, don't get uh, so uh, consumed by the battle raging around you. But always be looking up to God, and He will give you the path through the battles. Then we get to verse uh, chapter 18. Um, the people are getting very close now to, to Mount Sinai. And, uh, and Jethro, uh, who is Moses' father-in-law, um, they, they are reunited. And it's, it's really interesting. So, so the people are, are, are there. They're, trying to, they're kind of having to work out how they go about uh, interacting, how do they handle difficulties and challenges? And so Jethro comes up who is a Midianite, so he is not a, a Jew, um, and, but yet he is a, a priest who now is recognizing that the Lord God is truly the one true God, right? Uh, so there in verse 9 it says, "...Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians." He said, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and the Pharaoh who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods for He did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. So even this Midianite um, is now recognizing who the true one true God is. Um, And then we have an interesting thing that happens. So Jethro sees what's going on. Moses is trying to kind of uh, handle all the disputes of the people. Ba- basically, Moses is trying to do it all, and he just can't do it and so Jethro basically lays out, hey here's a way that you can uh, start managing all these problems you need to you need to appoint some different people some to to be judges to to uh, to handle these disputes so that you don't have to handle all of them um, right and and one thing that's interesting, again, that we've talked about this before that's a good reminder is that yes, God is calling the people of Israel uh, they, they are His chosen people, but that doesn't mean that He doesn't care about the rest of the world. And the fact that a Midianite uh, who becomes the Midianites be, are become enemies of, of Israel, um, that they help Israel kind of develop this framework of justice and of, of judging um, is quite incredible. Right? And, uh, and so we see that Jethro does that and one thing that he brings out that I think is very important for us uh, whenever he's talking about uh, selecting people to be judges there in verse, uh, chapter 18 verse 21 says, "...but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, right, trustworthy, and who hate dishonest gain. Those are, those are three very important characteristics that we should all <laughs> strive for. That we fear God. We see that all the time, this, this respect for God, this understanding of the proper order of things, that God is creator, we are created. And that should put a natural fear that we have of God. So, so people, that, uh, people that are leaders should have that within them, that they, that they understand that it's not all about them. Right? And by the way, as I'm reading this, I'm trying to think, when was the last time we've had strong leadership that fits these qualities in, a, in, a secular, in our secular world? And Not, not a whole lot. But uh, we, we see that, and we see that uh, God desires for, for us to be fearful of Him, To be trustworthy, that that we strive to 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 tell the truth, to live by by truth, Um, and then who hate dishonest gain, right? Who aren't going to do things um, in order to benefit themselves. They're not going to uh, to cut the the backroom deals, right? Um, That people that are upright desire to do. What God desires uh, of us, and to follow and to live a godly lifestyle. Um, that's something that we all need to, whether you're in a position of leadership or not. Um, that is a basic understanding uh, that we all need to be striving towards. So that brings us to the end of, of uh, chapter 18. Um, the the next both next week, where I really I encourage you to read chapters 19 and 20. Uh, And really, we're going to talk about both of those chapters uh, next week. Um, And uh, because it gets into the Ten Commandments, we're really going to dive into that a little bit. Uh, But so I encourage you uh, for next time to read Genesis chapter 19 and 20. And we will see you next Tuesday. Hope you have a great weekend.